Welcome to Season 1, Episode 2 of And Grace Puddles. No, that's not what it's called. And Puddles of Grace. So I actually went back and forth between the two, always starting off with the ampersand. And then I played, sent it to a couple friends. I said, And Puddles of Grace or And Grace Puddles. So it's really And Puddles of Grace. So speaking of the and, which is actually an ampersand sign, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. So that symbol, which is this delightful, intriguing, mysterious um, symbol in our English language, has an interesting background to it. So I'm going to um, read from Merriam-Webster's Dictionary Online. And... I think the interesting part about it is I, I'm going to try to read it so it makes sense. But the reality is seeing it makes much more sense just because of the use of language. So I'm going to start this off. So this is quoting from Merriam Webster. Despite appearances, the history of ampersand owes nothing to amp or sand. The familiar character ampersand derives from a symbol that was used in place of the Latin word et, et which also means and. In the late Middle Ages, single letters used as words, words like I, meaning the pronoun I, were then spelled, incorporated into a phrase that clarified that they were in fact individual words. For I, the phrase was I, her say, I, which in Latin means I by itself is the word I. In early lists of the alphabet, Z was followed by the symbol, the ampersand symbol, which was rendered and per se and, meaning and, the ampersand, by itself is the word and. Over the years, that phrase, when spoken aloud, was pronounced and per se and, you hear that, and per se and, was shortened by English speakers to ampersand. So a little interesting there. Um, I love that it has this um, evolution of time from being a symbol that was used for the word et, which was the combination of the letters. And it's called a, oh, I forgot the name of it. Shoot, I'll have to look it up. A lig, liga something. I'll have to look it up. Um, to move into the Middle Ages where they were trying to distinguish with these single letters and they put a... Um, put the word and per se to indicate this all stands by itself. I just think it's delightful. And I love it because it shows this history of our language. It shows a history of the symbols. It's a carryover from so long ago. It's kind of like when I learned that, um, so the fonts that have serifs, which are the little like little feet that are on the bottoms of the letter I and on the H and the end of the letter, the bottom of the, the stick of, for P. So those little, those little lines, they're called serifs. So there's sans serifs that don't have them because sand is without and then serifs. So I found out that those serifs are from when in, uh, with Greek and Roman lettering, when they would carve into stone, you had to have a spot like that started your your chisel, the notch. And so it would make that little chip away on there. 
Isn't that cool? I just think that's really cool. So I love stuff like that. Um, I listened to my podcast a little bit and heard my ums. So I'm really aware of having to change this. And the truth is I don't have anything written out. So this is all just ad lib, which I'm sure is another Latin phrase there. Um, so I'm trying to be aware of my hmm and uh and those annoying speaking. Um, there's probably a real word for those as well. The little speaking habits that hold space but sound terrible when you're listening to someone speak. Maybe not terrible, just annoying. So one little tangent here on the Latin piece. My children are, four of my five children are in um, a schooling, homeschool situation called classical conversation. So it's, um, so for some reason, Anchor like shuts me off at five minutes. So I need to look into that. In the meantime, you get just the rough me learning how to use this system. So my children are part of classical conversations and part of that includes learning Latin. And I like it. I am not a well-versed classical conversations mother, um, home, homeschooler, but I love the fact that there's this history foundation given to the children of understanding language and its um, impact historically, its impact um, on our present language. And so it's just super curious. I might do another podcast on that at some point. But back to ampersand, I wanted to talk a little bit about its significance to me um, after my early years, which I just loved the letter. I loved the symbol. I used it on Christmas cards. And when I got married, I loved having that between my name and my husband's name. And it was just this elegant way of, of communicating, um, this, um, conjunction, you know? So then as I went through a really challenging season, um, where looking back, I realized just how hard it was, um, sadness and despair and heartache. And that just seemed to, um, hit depths of myself. I didn't really know existed, to be honest. I didn't know I could hurt so badly. And in the midst of that, the ampersand came to my attention. I don't even, I have to go back in journals probably to find out when it kind of shifted for me when I started using it. But I began to be able to put, express whether verbally or more often than not, it was in my art journals, the heartache and the, um, the big emotions I was feeling and bring in that ampersand symbol and speak or draw or paint or write a greater truth that almost that in a sense counterbalanced or probably a better way to say it could hold the fullness of that emotional upheaval that was going on within, within me and the, um, the depth of, um, pain so I do things like, um, I feel so alone and betrayed. And the bigger truth was, I know that I am greatly loved and cherished by my creator. Um, or I, 
I feel so at a loss of what to do and it's it's too much for me. And I have friends and family I can reach out to and who are here for me. Um, I can't, I don't know how to, to even comprehend the, the loss that I'm feeling right now and that not even feeling that I'm living and look at my five children and the gifts that they are and how we do life together. So it became this beautiful symbol for me and I began to put it up. I bought actually, there's a, a metal one, a beautiful like three-dimensional thick metal one that I have hanging um, right above my sink. And I also begin to get little wooden ones and I don't see them as much around as I used to, but I really honed in for a while. I just have them in front of me and found a big, probably two and a half foot tall paper mache type one, the craft star. And I just began to put, cover it with um, scripture and words from people, these cards and notes, just to remember like there's something bigger. There's something greater than the things I'm feeling or the circumstances or the, uh, the, the things that are just, that hurt right now. Um, so it was, it, that's how the ampersand became so important to me. And I don't know if I have anything else to say, but it draws me back to why, oh, I'll just circle back around. That's why my business name, when I was trying to figure out what this name, my brand name or whatever this thing is I'm doing, was going to be called that the ampersand, I wanted it there. I wanted it to, because it's been so significant to me. And I wanted that to be part of my message in my art, in what I spoke and what I shared. So um, grace to you. And no matter what's happening, what's going on, um, just remember, and puddles of grace are there for you. Blessings.